Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, the doors are playing. Just like butter at uh, Ruben's Burger Bistro in Boulder, Colorado here with Michael Robson. Jim Morrison was a crock of shit. <sighs> Sorry. Did I kill that? Yeah, I mean, Val Kilmer, <laughs> I didn't know about that movie, but... Yeah. yeah I, we're on video today, wearing sunglasses. Yeah, I haven't put mine on yet. I can't see my mo- my uh, computer monitor when I put them on, because they're polarized. I guess it's we're just issue. doing a test, so it doesn't really matter. So. Yeah. Anyway, marginal gains. How does that go with just like marginal butter? Marginal gains? Yeah. I thought this was butter. <laughs> marginal gains. Marginal okay. gains. Talk to me. What are we thinking here? Lots going on. We're kind of this came up as we were talking about the tour, and uh, Alberto Contador switching a bike out on a climb, and uh, what was it about that well, that, that kind of got you going? I googled that and can't really find anything from this year's tour. I saw one from last year's tour where it uh, claimed that he staged a puncture to staged a puncture, t- staged a flat tire to. Um, hide the motor hidden in his bike, which is, uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to believe, but, I mean, I guess if you... I'm looking at it online, and you got to believe what's on the Internet. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty... It's got to be true. It was on the Internet. Contador staged puncture to hide motor in Giro. Well, and, I mean, I don't know. If you think about that, it would only weigh a little bit, and if you get... I mean, apparently some of the some of the motors that that you hear about that you can put in a bike like this, you know, put in the bottom bracket, they can make up to two hundred watts. That's a that's a lot of power. Well, I mean, I I'd be happy to get a thirty extra watts on a on a climb. I mean, that would be a big deal, and it would make an enormous difference. I mean, we were walking around yesterday eating ice cream, and this guy goes by. I don't know if you've seen the bike, but he's got two bikes side by side that are lashed together, and then he's got a trailer in the middle of them. And he's got an electric motor in there. That guy was screaming up. Oh, those guys drive me friggin' nuts. So I've chased home. I've been on the way home from training and chased home guys on their e-cycles before. Doing 27 miles an hour. Trying to keep up. Wondering why this guy on his townie is riding away from me. Oh, it kills me every time. So the claims about you using a motor at the butter hour record? No, no. Yeah. When I ride a motorcycle, it's obviously a motorcycle. <laughs> So we're not really talking marginal gains here, though, with a motor. Well, you 200 <laughs> watts is not a marginal gain. That is a big-ass gain. So, um, yeah, a motor in your bike is possibly, um, that wouldn't be considered a marginal gain. There's other things that you could consider a marginal gain. 
like good hydration, proper nutrition, you know, being basically a stick figure who's been painted with skin. How about if we go money being a marginal gain? Well, do we have to get into this? Um, Absolutely. (laughs) This is a tech show. I think we're talking. (laughs) Money solves a lot of problems, apparently. Um, You know, look at the... Look at all the masters guys who are getting busted for doping. You know that the the biggest, I think, the biggest category for um, doping in cycling right now is masters. And I agree. So they, you know, we, we were just talking about this before we started recording. You you have a guy who, you know, is a, he's in some profession where he makes a makes a bunch of money. He has sort of you know unlimited resources. He goes out and buys a, you know, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollar bike, and he buys all the stuff that goes with it, and it doesn't actually make him any faster because he only got aha marginal gains and um he's like okay well what's next what 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 do i do next what's my next trick so i mean if you don't have any scruples whatsoever the the next step is pretty obvious and then once again that's not a marginal gain that's you know several percent which is hard to hard to say is marginal now i do want to talk professional cycling here with gains that you can be you know obviously when Lamont showed up at the 89 uh, uh, final stage with the zero bars yeah the, you know there was a lot said there and uh, I think Fignon held that against him for quite some time yeah but but the counterpoint to that is is um, somebody worked out that if you if Fignon had just snipped his ponytail so Fignon, Fignon had a you know like a probably foot-long ponytail that went down his back that was flapping around in the wind when he was riding. He was just riding a normal time trial bike. Greg LeMond had that crappy um, Botticia um, time trial bike that weighed five billion pounds, and, but he had the tri-wally bars on it. Um, but apparently that eight seconds that was in it was, was Fignon's ponytail. Ponytail. So you want to talk marginal gains? Lost the, lost the Tour de France because of your, your fashion-forward ponytail. So let's jump ahead a few years to this year's tour. Oh, that's a lot of years. <laughs> I can remember them. All. I remember them all, sadly. What do you see people doing that bring about legal marginal gains? I mean, what makes a sprinter maybe faster? Uh, what are people doing to try to get faster and, and have to put out less power throughout a, a ride? Gosh, I mean, I don't know what makes sprinters faster. Those guys are animals. I mean, those. Those guys really impress me. I I love that. I I love the I love the way the you know I love the way the sprinters ride. I love how freaking crazy they are. Um, I love that they're just like I said earlier. They're not just emaciated stick figures. They're you know they're <laughs> kind of real people. I just I like Peter Sagan. He's a spaz, and I totally get it. Um, with the sprinters, I'm not sure how much there is you can do, but I mean obviously you know weight weight makes a difference if your body is light you're going to go faster. And if you can, you know, once you get as light as you can with your body, you start removing material from your bike as well. But bikes are really kind of at the point where it's really easy to get a bike that's that's at or below the UCI legal limit. So that's, you know, that's kind of pointless. But it would be considered a marginal gain. I rode a, I, I rode a set of test wheels um, just this weekend, actually, a new, new set of super ultra-light test wheels turned up um, on Friday afternoon, I rode them on Saturday, and it was you know I, uh, I I ride basically heavy crap all summer, and to just jump onto a really really set of light really light set of wheels 
um, and just go for a spin was pretty. It's pretty profound. Like they, they go faster. They spin faster because obviously when something's spinning around, it's it's obviously has to be accelerated in a different direction the whole time it's rotating. So the less mass that you have to to make spin, the the easier it is to make it spin. Um, so the light, you know, light wheels are kind of a big deal. And if you know anything about me and and my whole deal with cyclocross, you know that. I'm just a tire and wheel whore. It's it's all I think about. The rest of the stuff, you know, the rest of the stuff on the bike is is pretty incidental. I mean, it's it's good to have a nice bike that's perfectly tuned, but if you want to make a really really big difference on your bike, you put really nice wheels on it. End of story. So, I'm thinking back 2 weeks ago, we were talking about all the crashes at the tour and one of the things that came up was light wheels and yeah well um, carbon wheels okay that's another thing last week for the first time in years in in several years because i've been riding all disc brakes i rode a, a cantilever brake uh, cross bike with carbon rims on it and i had forgotten just how unbelievably bad the braking is it's it's just appalling and I, I can't believe they ride those things. I know that sounds, uh, sorry, that sounds bad. But the, the braking is really bad, really unpredictable, really, really slow to come on. You're just reefing on the bars, as, uh, on the levers and the bars as hard as you can. And it just doesn't seem like anything happens. So if you're going for a gain with a light wheel, you get a carbon rim, uh, cork brake pads, and you're losing some performance with your braking, is that really helping you out? Because you're maybe putting yourself at more of a risk of, crashing oh i think i think you you end up in a position where you have to take huge risks going downhill but in a, you know in a race like the tour de france everybody's on carbon rims and and so everybody's sort of in the same boat except that one guy warren buggy oh my god what the hell was that that guy who just drilled into garen thomas in the middle of that corner so the the whole peloton some or, or someone like that you know a, a patron of the peloton some, one of the older guys maybe needs to pull him aside and say, get to the back, way in the back, like last rider in the peloton, stay there until you learn how to ride. You don't ride like that. Because uh, um, TJ's, TJ's whole comment on that was that, that Buggy was just riding like a total freaking idiot, like they were battling into every corner. And why are you doing that in the tour? That's just... It's, and, you know, when they're riding on the... Terrible carbon rims. I mean, maybe you're you're talking about him. You're saying his name now, and you probably wouldn't have been otherwise. Uh, well, he was actually doing really well. He he was climbing super well and doing great. Um, and he was way up there in the climbing, and and then he just did that. Just I don't know, just cheap harebrained stuff that he shouldn't be doing. He, you know, just requires just just more experience. You don't try and you don't try and duke it out with somebody going downhill. You know, in the was it the Alps or the Pyrenees? I think it was the Pyrenees. First week, the first first set yeah. of climbs, just stupid riding. But you know, once again, you know, he's had just just crappy braking. But um, I would say for you know, for going uphill, light everything, it, it it probably makes a pretty good difference. And light wheels, you know, the the light rims, the rotating mass is is probably the the biggest difference you can make. You're listening to Just Like Butter on Over the Top Cycling. On margarinal gains. Oh, that's right. Margarinal. <laughs> Be sure to check out that our sounds website. sounds kind of rude. <laughs> <laughs> At net. You can follow us on Facebook, Over the Top Cycling. Instagram, Over the Top Cycling. Twitter, at Over the Top Bike. How about uh, Butter on Facebook? 
Uh, wary butter. I, I don't <laughs> think you'd want to get butter on your screen. Oh, it's but. not wary butter. Yeah, don't don't put butter on your computer. <laughs> you can look at butter on your computer, but don't put butter on your computer. Margarine either. All right. Yeah, so that, that would classify as marginal gains. How do you spell that? I don't know. <laughs> There's no way I can spell that. Let's get back to the well-to-do masters racer or the junior racer with deep-funded pockets in the parents. Deep-funded deep parents. <laughs> and we're looking for those marginal gains. And, I, I, you know, I'm taking it kind of light here, but, I mean, for the cat four who wants to become a three or... Uh, right. What are some legal things that people can do? And then I also want to kind of push the envelope that people are doing that they need to not do. Stop doing? <laughs> <laughs> but again, let's look at those light wheels you were talking about. What should someone look for? You're saying it's the rims, not the hubs? Yeah. You, I mean, really, to an extent, you can have any hubs you want as long as they're, you know, in the case of cyclocross, as long as they're good and reliable and you're not constantly working on them and replacing bearings. The hubs are are somewhat incidental. I mean, they add, you know, overall mass, but, um, you know, rotational weight is a big deal. If you can get, you know, nice light rims. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Envy rims. I've, I have um, pretty, pretty much everything I race on is Envy tubulars, and I, I've built a set of disc brake tubulars that were, that were approaching 1,200 grams, and that's a really, really light wheel set. When you get on a wheel set like that, even with cross tires on it and accelerate that thing, I mean, it, it spins up quick. And, and stuff happens quickly and it takes a lot less energy to make that bike move. So, you know, one of the, obviously one of the best things you can do to a bike is put light wheels on it. Um, I mean, I'm not quite sure what other stuff you can do. I mean, I, you know, overall... I'm thinking of, is, you know, look at the new, or? well, it's not new that much anymore, but the Giro helmet with, you know, there's no vents on the top anymore. There's, oh, God. And, I mean, yeah, you I see guys What? I missed my <laughs> hairnet. <laughs> Funny, I was talking to a friend on the phone. I really was. This isn't just a story. I was talking to a friend on the phone today, and they were commenting about how the new helmets look really stupid. And I'm like, what are you talking about? All helmets look stupid. <laughs> it's just the new stupid versus the old stupid. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, they might, they might be a little more aero. I mean, it's hard to believe that that kind of stuff would make that much of a difference. I mean, I'm totally a traditionalist. Just stop eating and lose some friggin' weight. I mean, my, in my case, I'm a big guy. Train properly, eat properly, ride properly, um, you know, like do, do the correct training. Um, and, it's, you know, like it, just go, go out of your way to do everything correctly. You don't have to do anything. It doesn't have to be that fancy, I don't think. But if you've got your Michael Robson clone and you want to go out there and beat him right. next weekend at uh, Colorado Crit, what are some things that you can do? If you guys are training identically in one week, you know what I mean. What can you do in a week? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do to beat me in a week? Let's talk tires. Uh, you know, I heard a huge argument a couple of years ago about the width of tires. This is faster. That's fast. I mean, when I grew up, it was seven. We talking road or, by road or cross? Road. Oh yeah, I can talk about that all day long. Well, let's talk about that in about five minutes. Oh, so we only got five <laughs> minutes to talk about it? No, because then I want to talk about something. Well, okay. You're talking to the wrong guy. I'm a wide tire guy. The, the skinniest tires I have on my bike, uh, I have one bike that has 28 millimeter tires on it right now. I won't go any skinnier than that. It's useless to me. But, yeah, but I don't ride the road. If I were to race on the road, I wouldn't ride anything skinnier than 25s. And, you know, casting back 
a few weeks to when we were talking about um, Dave Zabriskie and Race Across America, when we were setting up for that race, I said, well, what do you want for wheels and tires? And he said, 25 millimeter tubulars or 25 millimeters clinches with nice tubes. And that, that'll, they'll ride super nice. You can ride lower pressures so they're a little more comfortable and they're actually a little bit faster. Um, and, um, oh crap, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was the and? I had a good and. Anyway, but yeah, uh, point being that they're, the, the pension for really, really narrow tyres over the years is, is really, really misguided. If you were riding on a, like a perfectly glass-smooth velodrome and you had 18-millimeter tyres... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And you pumped them up to, you know, let's say like 140 PSI, you can probably go pretty fast because you, you, you have no resistance from the track whatsoever. As soon as any of, that, any of the, the surface you're riding on, like the road surface or even, a, you know, like a bumpy track or in extreme cases, cyclocross and mountain biking, as soon as there's any texture in the terrain that you're riding on, high pressure becomes a liability and, it's, and basically you're, you're running into little microscopic bumps and they're pushing you backwards. And that Does silk that is going to go flat right away. No, oh, I've been riding 25s now for a while, and I threw on a wheel, old wheel, that had uh, 23s on it, and I couldn't believe how narrow those looked. Well, yeah, they feel really weird. You, d- you can't actually descend very fast on them because you don't feel very confident. They chatter too much. You have to have them, you have to have them pumped up, you know, probably uh, above 95 pounds or, you know, into a lot of people ride 100, 110, 120 pounds, and the wheels and tires are just so chattery at that pressure that you just have zero corner cornering confidence at all. Now, let's go to, uh, we'll talk Contador a little bit. No, we're not talking about a motor, but switching bikes. Just that uh, you're in a race, uh, you're coming up to a climb. Say you're in a long, you know, an endurance race. Um, do you find that it's worth the time to get off your bike, get onto a climbing bike, and... Uh, continue on that way and got to make well, up the time that you were off i've never done that so i i you know when you say do i find that i don't find anything because i've never tried it um i i thought i put some thought into this earlier today and um you know there, there's a the dynamic is like if you get a flat or if you you know like if you're in a race and you have to pull over to to have your bike service change a wheel or whatever or swap bikes 
the whole, you know, when you stop, your heart rate's going down and you're actually recovering. So um, when you get back on the bike, you can ramp it back up again and put in a little bit of a little bit of an extra effort to get back to the peloton. I mean, it takes a certain amount of energy to go from point A, for, you know, for, for a certain rider to go from point A to point B. And it, to an extent, it doesn't really matter how, how you split up that energy. So um, if you, you know, if you're, if you stop to change your bike and then start again, it's still going to take the same amount of energy to get from point A to point B. But you do actually have to drill it on. You know, you have to drill it pretty hard to get back on onto the back of the group. Um, I d- the thing I see with that is just it's incredibly risky. I mean, what it you know, what if it was real old-fashioned bike racing where as soon as you go at the back, everybody just starts attacking? So I mean, <laughs> not the. <laughs> You know, there's the the whole thing where everybody sits up and waits for you know poor little old whoever to to get back on after they've had a mechanical issue. That started back in the Lance Armstrong days when he hooked that that um, person's musette and crashed, and all of the guys that he was riding with were just so deathly afraid of attacking him that the, that they all sat up and just waited because they didn't know what else to do. I mean, he had such phenomenal control over the entire group. And he knew that if, if any, and, and all of those guys knew that if they attacked Lance Armstrong, he'd like burn their house down. So he just, that was, that whole thing started back then. Racing wasn't like that up until that point. There wasn't this whole thing where it's like, oh, such and such has got a flat. Let's all, let's all pull over and, you know, grab a drink and eat some, eat some shot blocks and wait for him to get back on. That doesn't happen. So if you're changing bikes, it's, I think it's a risky maneuver. Um, You'd have to, you know, set it up really, really well. And if you looked at, you know, the case in point, Condor's bike change, he, he did that bike change really quickly. He was on his new bike and up and rolling again. And, they, you know, there was a camera motorcycle right behind him and the Peloton wasn't even out of sight. I mean, they were just, they were still in the camera shot. They were right there. And he, you know, you're weaving back through the cars. So you're getting, you know, you're getting a really good draft. Um, so, he, you know, he got back on and... and I don't. I don't think that would have actually cost him much energy. It's kind of. I don't know. It just. It seems a bit silly at a certain point, just to just to get, just to get into so much, you know, ridiculous tech stuff like that, like planning bike changes. You know, I did. I was fortunate to be in a follow car behind Mara Abbott at the Tour of California a couple of years ago when they had the women's time trial out there. Yeah. And uh, they had been talking about doing a bike change for her at that final climb, which was pretty intense. And, uh, so a time trial bike all the way to the climb and then change and then, to a climbing bike? And it was amazing how fast they got that switch done. It was just really incredible to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're a team car's right there and, and ready to go, I mean, I think you can do a pretty quick bike change. And I've, I've seen people try to climb, you know, like do, do uh, time trial legs of races um, that have climbs in them, and you know, obviously, muscling a time trial bike up a up a reasonable hill or a climb is it's pretty hard work. Those things are kind of pigs, and they're not set up to go uphill. So, God, I mean, I don't know. Like, it just it, that doesn't apply to us in the real world, though. We don't no. have access to anything like that. But what does you know? You, I'm I'm just thinking of sales flyers and and things that are coming out now about materials and clothing uh you know again the helmets that i just brought up shoe configuration I, there's just all these is that just marketing yeah i, I really think it is I, I think so much of it is marketing you know i re- remember when the first you know some of the first um 
like the Giro helmet helmets came out and they they were touting them as keeping your head cool because it was like having right. you know like a esky that's the Australian word for like cooler. It was like having a cooler on your head. I kind of like esky. Esky, yeah. <laughs> um, that's right. It was cooler than riding without a helmet. Well, theoretically, supposedly, but right. margin. Let's you know you want to talk about marginal gains. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? You just <laughs> or you could just harden them up. That's actually my my um, catch-all answer for everything. It's just harden up. Just harden up. the fuck up. Seriously. <laughs> you know, one thing you brought up a minute ago was um, was juniors having access to ridiculously over-the-top equipment, and I and as a person who coaches juniors, um, we are accepting my language from just a minute ago <laughs> as a person who coaches juniors that I, I see that as being an enormous problem um you have you have the kids out there and they have the you know like the two and three you know i, I see this in the cyclocross world they have you know all these like super mega fancy ass um bikes you know, obviously put on by their parents. They can do bike changes in muddy races. They have fancy wheels. They have access to all this different, you know, amazing mechanical equipment. And then you have the, the one kid that, come, you know, comes out and he's, you know, his, his parents have scratched it together to get him a 15-year-old red line. And, you know, he's every bit as good as the other kids. He, you know, but when his bike jams up with mud, he's just hosed. And there's actually a pretty good case in junior cyclocross for saying... You know, every kid can just ride one bike and that bike has to have, you know, uh, such and such equipment on it. So there can really be no technological adva advantage for these, for these junior kids. But, I mean, I don't know if that's even, that's something you could even really enforce or if there's some, you know, if there's a way you could even enact that. True. That's, I mean, I remember the junior rollout at the end of every race, you know, back in the mid 80s, as I date myself again. Oh, yeah. Well, and they still do it now. Yeah. I mean, there's gear restrictions. And, then, you know, I, I mean, I've got to admit that I kind of hate NASCAR. I think it's kind of stupid. But if, if, if you think about it from a pure standpoint, they're driving these cars that sort of look like street cars, and they have, you know, really crappy old technology V8 yeah. motors in them. And there's only so much you can do within the rules in a NASCAR to, to make, to, to improve the performance of the car. It, you know, it has to conform to a certain shape. And it can only have, you know, it can only have a specific motor. And I think even up until recently, they still had carburetors on them, didn't they? I well, think maybe you're they right. still do. They do they still have carburetors now? I don't follow. What the it hell's at a carburetor? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know anything about NASCAR, but I mean, you know, you're just living in America. You hear, you sort of pick up on these things a little bit. But there's definitely something to be said for leveling the playing field like that and taking away the technological advantage but I just you know in cycling I just see that as being so incredibly difficult and time consuming to enforce I mean look at drug enforcement in cyclocross it, uh, not in cyclocross in cycling I mean it's just it's so difficult to enforce I mean I didn't, I didn't want to know how many people are out there doping that are getting away with it versus how many are getting caught I mean it's got to be a percent of a percent of riders that's why I wanted to talk about legal Marginal. Yeah. Game. So I mean, how would you even how would you even enforce that? But this is over the top cycling. You're listening to Just Like Butter with Michael Robson. I'm George Thomas. Be sure to download us on iTunes, or you can follow us on the Acast app. Again, our website 
is OverTheTopRadio.net. On Facebook, we are Over the Top Cycling. Instagram, Over the Top Cycling. Twitter, Over the Top Bike. So just to kind of wrap things up, I mean, I really, I love cycling. I love it. I love being out on my bike. <laughs> I like too. really pushing myself. And I never got more pleasure in a race than beating somebody who was just totally decked out on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my my favorite thing is to go out in the summertime with all, you know, <laughs> hairy legs and kind of all chubby and stuff and ride dudes off your wheel. I mean, it's just, there's nothing better than that. And so, you know, so then you're, then you've given up marginal gains and you're, you've just, you've just turned into a meathead who wants to go out and have fun. And that's actually the, that's actually the secret to all of this. It really is. But, you know, a, a point that I was trying to build into this, into this show at some point um, and hadn't managed to yet was the fastest and best climbing bike I ever had was an SPX Tomasini. Remember Tomasini? Steel I Tomasini. Yep. So it was SPX tubing, which is the stuff that was just solid steel. It wasn't a tube. It was, it was, it was rod, made out of steel rods. It weighed about, I think that bike weighed about 23 and a half pounds. And it just climbed like a dream. It, it just, it, I, I don't know what it was about that thing. My position was, was beautiful on it. I mean, I, you know, that bike back in the day, I would typically have, for the time, nice light wheels on it, like, you know, Mavic GP4s or GL280s or something, something, something nice. But the, fr- the bike itself was heavy. That was an overall heavy bike. And it climbed faster than, uh, you know, even until just recent times, for me, it climbed faster than any bike I'd ever had. So it's, there's, there's got to be more to it. It's got to be, you know, there's got to be a bit more. There's got to be another element that we're missing, and I think you know you, you just touched on it. It's it's just so much more important to go out and ride your bike and love it, and you know, like beat you know beat that guy who's all decked out with his stupid crap. I mean that that is fun. That's funner than riding the decked out stuff. <laughs> now I, I was thinking about this on the way over here. You know, the Boulder Ironman is coming up next weekend, and. I, I don't want anybody, I'm not trashing on triathletes or anything, but it's amazing to me how many people you'll see <laughs> sorry, on full-on aero equipment that are riding at the, they're not on their aero bars. Yeah, it's or like, the people you see climbing, you know, Super James on their aero bars. Yeah, there you go. And you're like, hang on. But I mean, pull over, pull over. I want to talk to you. When we're talking about gains, you've just spent so much money doing that. Whereas if you had a bike that fit, that you were yes. comfortable on, yep. that's really the best gain you could make. Yeah, or just avail yourself of the actual, you know, the knowledge to, to use what you have correctly. You know, use it, to a, use it to its best advantage instead of saying, oh, I'm going to spend $15,000 on a bike and then I'm going to expect it to go faster. That doesn't get you anywhere. I mean, you know, can we just... Can we talk to the triathletes of the world just for a second about leveling their saddle? Just go right ahead. Level your saddle. Go find a go find your carpenter friend and get a carpenter's level and level your saddle. And then after that, you can set your position up. You'll go faster. I promise. And I'd like to have a triathlete on with us next week to talk about the Iron Man. And is that the week that I'm not here? I think so. <laughs> Who can we get? That would be kind of fun. I'd love to have Billy Edwards on. Oh, we, we know how to get a hold of that He'd dude. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, we actually talked about getting the, um, someone in to talk about um, race radios on, 
in Pro Tour races. Yeah, I'd like to have him live. Uh, I've been chatting with a guy on Skype, mm. but not the same. I think we need to have a guest here to talk about okay. that. Well, let's do that because that'll be fun. Okay. Sorry, that was a bad non sequitur. Yeah, it's okay. I, that's what we're all about. It was smooth, just like butter. Yeah, except butter I just threw my drink it. on me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Did it again. I, you know, I, anything you want to add? No, I think that I think that last little bit we we touched on was was pretty much it. I mean, it's just it's it's uh, it's I guess it's okay to go out and spend money on all this stuff and have all this fancy crap. But if you if you don't know how to ride a bike and you don't know how to use the equipment and you're just going out and banging your head against a wall, or if you're if you're doing it for you know to prove something. You're you're just you're missing the point entirely. You yeah. just you're, the fastest you I've ever it. gone is and when I'm happy and having right. a great time. And you're not yeah you're not going to go fast. So I think, you know, job one obviously is to have, you know, a really good position on your bike and learn to ride your bike and learn learn to handle your bike, and then take it from there. I think the, you know, the best marginal gain you can have is just getting a little bit better and a little bit more knowledgeable and a little bit smoother and a little bit classier and a little bit stronger and a little bit fitter every week. And if you can, keep, if you can do that for you know, your entire life, you're just going to get better and better and better, and that's going to be a weekly marginal gain that you can bank on. Just like butter over the End top cycle. of story. I'm George Thomas, Michael Robson. I'm Michael Robson. From Rubens Burger Bistro in Boulder, Colorado. Thanks for listening. Good night, Seattle. Oh, sorry, Boulder. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.